Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. Today I learned that a filter water pitcher won't fit inside a college dorm mini fridge. Okay, so don't stop this right now because you're probably tempted and you're like, okay, so what did I get into with this art of noticing? Because I get that inspiration is all around me, but what is this about the detail of the mini fridge? I thought it was bad when he was talking about the role of middle blockers in volleyball, but this is a new level. So I hear you, but hang in there because there actually is a lesson here. So that is the most mundane of details. There's absolutely no question. That's the most mundane of details is to not know, is to learn about the size of a, of a pitcher in a mini fridge. But here's the story behind it. And then I'll tell you why this actually matters to any creative artist. So my son just went away to college and the dorm water is bad. Now, I might drink the dorm water, but he's more picky about his water than me, and he thought the water was bad, and so he said, can you get me a pitcher? So I did. I got him a pitcher, and guess what? The pitcher won't fit inside the mini fridge. I know, spoiler, it's crazy. Who would have thought that knowing the title of this episode? But it's it's too big. It just doesn't fit in there. Not if you want to put anything else in. You can take out all the shelves, and you can literally have just the pitcher, but that's not the goal. So we got rid of the pitcher, and instead we got a filtered water bottle. So here's the reason this made me think of this. And keep in mind that anytime I notice something, and this is kind of a procedural process thing, if you're kind of doing your own art of noticing, you don't have to use the specific detail. So it isn't that now when I write college dorm mini fridges, or if I were to do a masterpiece painting, an impressionist painting about a, a mini fridge with a picture in it, it, you don't need to know that. It's not like it's the detail that itself that matters, but it did get me thinking. And what it got me thinking about was the little details. So the fact that that isn't necessarily something that I would ever think to check is, or that I would even think of at all. It's, it's one of those key things you don't know, you don't know. It's not that we know that it won't fit or we know it won't fit. It's that we don't even consider that that's something that we should maybe even have any awareness of at all. And the reason that 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 this really kind of hit me was I have a few stories in my past with fiction, with books where I've gotten details wrong, or I know people who have gotten details wrong. So my favorite example of this is in The Beam. Actually, this is in a side story. So The Beam is this five season sci-fi, like political sci-fi epic. And because the world is so big, uh, we ended up creating a couple of books that explain they're like um like bonus material almost and so there's this this book that uh, we wrote between i believe it was between seasons 2 and 3 of the beam and it's uh it's by a fictional author and he's basically Malcolm Gladwell but we called him Sterling Gibson and so Sterling Gibson this fictional author wrote a book about the world of the beam and it was called Plugged and the subtitle was something like how hyperconnectivity changed the way we think or something like that. And so if you're following along here, we have created a Malcolm Gladwell style author 
in our world. And the Malcolm Gladwell style author wrote a Malcolm Gladwell style book that would have fit in with the tipping point or David and Goliath or outliers or anything else like that. And it's about the world that he lives in his fictional world. So in that he's talking about this kind of shadowy history of this, this Englishman named Clive Spooner, who did a bunch of really important things in the world. And Clive uh, built a radio array on the back of the moon on the, the far side of the moon so that it doesn't have radio interference from earth into like a radio telescope to look out into the heavens and see the dawn of creation and all that stuff. And he did a bunch of other things and there's some kind of shady connections. And so my Malcolm Gladwell style author named Sterling Gibson was investigating this. And one of the facts that he pulls out is something about how Clive had an excuse or actually was or something where he was at the world cup and that proved something. I don't remember what it is, but it doesn't matter. So we published this book and then not long after a fan emails us and says, uh, that wasn't a year that the world cup was held. Now I will freely admit to this being something I didn't know. I didn't know I'm not a soccer or football fan. So I didn't know that I thought the world cup was every year. I thought it was like, the World Series or the NBA championships. I figured it was something that happened every year. I didn't realize it was closer to the Olympics where it just is occasionally there. And this reader said, an Englishman would never get that detail wrong. And so what they did was that cast this whole left brain aura on what was supposed to be kind of an immersive experience for this reader and for anybody else who noticed that. Now, I'll just briefly, we did solve that in a future book by calling that fictional author's credibility into question because he got that that detail wrong. Dumb Sterling Gibson didn't know this, so how can we trust anything that Sterling Gibson says? We blamed our mistake on our fictional author. But the point is that that was a, that was a detail that I didn't know. There was another time when writers that I know put a safety on a Glock, and the Glock didn't have a safety. And so gun aficionados were like, well, this doesn't make any sense. So every time that happens, you're pulling somebody out of a story. And so this idea of this water pitcher thing is really exemplify, it really exemplifies a whole species, a whole arena of small details that you can get wrong. So here is why this is a big deal. Because if you get the small details wrong, then the reader is not going to trust you to get the big details right. So why would I trust your instincts? Uh, why would I trust your musings on what might happen in a future sci-fi world if you can't even get the mini fridge right? There was another time when I had sort of a kind of wine aficionado character and they put a bottle of red Zinfandel in the fridge or pulled it out of the fridge. Now, I wasn't into wine at the time. I'm a little more now. I know that Zinfandel is served at room temperature typically or slightly chilled, but not refrigerator chilled. And so when I wrote that detail, I just figured, well, it, I, I don't know. I'm just putting it, it, wine. Wine goes in the fridge. But that disrupts the spell for some people. And because it's a basic spell, a basic detail, it actually works against you because the thinking is, well, you can't even get the the detail right that the sky is blue you that that in um, in the US cars drive on the right if i had an author from a left side driving country write a book that was set in chicago and people driving on the wrong side of the street i would immediately be so confused and distracted by that despite the fact that they didn't 
know that that was it in the first place. So grounding your world before you make it extraordinary is a really big deal. And you're similarly building that bond with an audience. So I've talked about this before where the any any form of art is a form of collaboration. And Stephen King in On Writing actually describes writing in particular, storytelling as telepathy. So he says, you know, I'm imagining, and he gives this very vivid scenario. And he says, now guess what? You're imagining it too. And my ability to explain it on a written page caused a picture to pop up in your mind. So that is a form of collaboration, which means that you both need to be on the same page. And if your details jar with somebody else's details, then suddenly they're in a world where they know for sure that a wine lover would put a Zinfandel on the counter or maybe in an ice bucket for a short period of time. And then you put, you're in a world like I'm reading from an author who is in literally a different world. Subconsciously, that's kind of the way it looks. If we're in different worlds, then that bond weakens. So this is all just a call to be aware of and be receptive to the smallest details because those things can make or break that sort of fictional spell for the person who is consuming your art. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, there's a full article about every episode on my website at johnnybtruant.com, as well as show notes and transcripts. If you find value in what I do, please consider becoming a member of the site. Just click on membership at the top. Members get extra weekly episodes of the podcast, extra companion articles, my current in-progress book, if you're into that sort of thing, and more, all for just a few bucks a month. It's basically like buying me a cup of coffee. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.